What's up and welcome to Crossover Wednesdays here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm James Yarko, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks, joined by Aaron Freeman, the host of Locked On Falcons. You can check out everything that we're doing over on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at Locked On Falcons, at Jarko underscore Bucks, and at Falcfans. That's F-A-L-C-F-A-N-S. Aaron, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. You know, the holidays are among us. Uh, you know, take a little bit of a break from football, given that neither of our teams are really in the playoff hunt. And, uh, you know, just get a nice little reprieve to, to not necessarily worry about football for a couple of days. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and of course, I, I say it's uh, Crossover Wednesdays, but it's Crossover Wednesday on Thursday for for pretty much everybody listening. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we're... We're here. We're at the end, man. It's it's week 17. We have two titans of of football battling <laughs> it out for last place in the NFC South while we watch Drew Brees continue to just destroy all of our hopes and dreams. I can't wait till that guy retires. I don't know about you, but I am super pumped for them to just, you know, watch him leave the game of football. <laughs> yes, yes. I understand that. Uh, the feeling is mutual on my end. So, all right, well, you know, the um, the Falcons have had really uh, an up-and-down season, and, and you know, they struggled far more than a lot of people believed, and you can point to a lot of just absolutely devastating injuries. But, you know, coming off last week, I mean, what did what did you see that kind of gives you hope for the future or, or you know, especially hope for, for Week 17 to avoid being the cellar dweller, uh, you know, all offseason? Well, yeah, it's interesting because you, you mentioned the injuries, and I think the injuries played a big part in why the team got off to such a slow start. But I think by the time we got to the second half of the season, most teams were dealing with a similar amount of injuries that the Falcons were dealing with during those early portions of the game. And at that point, their season started to tank after they were able to uh, get to a 4-4 four and four at the midway point, uh, largely due to the offense's regression from being one of the top offenses in the league the first you know six or seven weeks of the season um and then sort of really struggled over the next and they went on a five game losing streak and i think a lot of that had to do with you know inconsistencies and and across the the entire roster of the offense but i think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the falcons weren't particularly explosive offense and one of the things that i talked about in lockdown falcons this past earlier this week uh was that in in going back to the arizona game as well as this past week's uh, win over Carolina is that you're starting to see the Falcons get back to where they were earlier in the season with being a little bit more of an explosive offense, getting some of those big chunk yardage plays uh, from their playmakers on the outside. And as long as they're able to do that, then this offense is, can be good. And, you know, the defense has been mostly down. Um, it showed, has shown some promise over the last couple of weeks, uh, particularly when it has come to creating takeaways and that's really been their sort of saving grace that that's how they're getting stops because they can't really stop anybody other than basically, you know, stripping the ball or getting an interception here or there. So I think there's promising signs that the Falcons are at least getting back to the form that they were offensively earlier this season and their defense is looking a little bit better just because they're being a little bit more opportunistic. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> you know, like you said, there's a lot of teams dealing with a lot of injuries. I know, 
you know, the, the Bucks have had their fair share, especially losing uh, Quan Alexander, a, a captain and a key linebacker to an ACL tear was, was pretty devastating. And, you know, they've, they've had Deshaun Jackson out three of the last four weeks. He may miss again uh, this coming week. Uh, you know, he was, he missed with the thumb injury and now he's got an Achilles issue. He was, he was stepped on during the loss to Dallas, but, you know, it's been uh, it's been a real disappointing season for the both of us, uh, you know, heading into the season with, you know, I, I know Falcons expectations were were higher than the Bucks, but there was that cautious optimism for Bucks fans that, you know, we saw the flashes, we saw the signs, they made the moves on, on the defensive side of the ball. And it just, you know, you start off like a house on fire just to have everything crumble and, and implode and, you know, cause another another long season, 11 straight years without making the playoffs, uh, you know, only, only three seasons above 500, it, basically since 2009, it's, it's, it's been a rough stretch. And, you know, that's just, we're back to that. There's always next year mantra. And it's just, it's just so frustrating. Um, but I mean, heading, heading into, to this game, what do you, what do you expect to see from a Buccaneers team? I mean, these, like I said, these two teams are battling it out to avoid being, last place in the nfc south but of course there's there's draft implications at this point you know we have we have a laundry list of teams whose games have playoff implications we're looking at at draft implications at this point and i know a lot of fans would rather the bucks lose and and secure a better draft position because it's about the future you know long-term success is better than short-term happiness And, and a lot of people point to a quote-unquote meaningless win in Week 17 last year for the Bucks against the Saints that dropped them far enough in the draft order that they could have had Quentin Nelson, and instead they drafted Vita Vea. And, and you look at those kind of differences, you could drop, in the Bucks' case, they could drop from the fourth pick all the way to the tenth pick. Um, but what do you expect to see out of a out of a Buccaneers team that's really just been a roller coaster all season long? Well, first I'll say the Falcons, at least Falcon fans are in the same sort of boat, being a little frustrated with the team's success the last two weeks because they were sort of looking, eyeing a top five pick uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that seems to be out the window now. Uh, you know, and we'll see if they can sort of finish the season with another win. Um, one of the things, looking at this Bucks team and, and watching that Cowboys game and then also hearing you and David talk about it on your show, and you guys mentioned – how you you thought the Bucks had outplayed the Cowboys, and it did seem like my perspective that basically if you, if the Bucks had played a little bit more disciplined, and you know not turned the ball over and and not been uh, sort of prone to the penalties that they had gotten in that game, that they should have come away with a, a pretty um, solid road win against the Cowboys. So the the question I'm going to have for this week is, are the Bucks going to figure it out in this Week 17 game? Because we saw in their earlier matchup with the Falcons that they can certainly play with this Falcon team. Um, and we're in a position to win that game in the end. And uh, again, could have potentially won this game against a, a playoff bound Cowboys team uh, this past week. So certainly the bucks are capable of, of winning this game. They just got to play better. And to me, the question is, are they going to come into this week 17 game fired up to get, you know, to close out their season with a win or are they just going to be like meh you know sounding like two, the two of us on this podcast being like oh let's get the season over with <laughs> and, and whether or not that's going to lead to them sort of just coming out of the gates and just being you know just 
packing it in whatnot. Well, and really that's, <clears throat> that's been the story of the season. The The Bucks have been in just about every game and it's been, you know, one play here, one play there where they keep shooting themselves in the foot. You have the highest paid center in the league that also leads the league in, in holding penalties. You have another player on the offensive line that has the same number of holding penalties. They get these big chunk plays that end up coming back or, or they get in the red zone and then a holding penalty pulls them out of it. So they're settling for a field goal instead of getting a touchdown. And there's just all kinds of, of issues of, as you put it, not being disciplined. And, and we've seen that, that problem really and not even just during Dirk Cutter's reign as as head coach but back to to Lovey Smith and and Greg Schiano and and Raheem Morris the team just constantly does not have the discipline to close out these close games and and get those wins and and, and we saw as you mentioned the first time these two teams played the Bucks were in a position to win and they were one crazy wacky uh you know mm-hmm. street ball play away from from winning and yeah, it's you. You go back and you look at a game like that, and and you look at at a game like they had against the Saints a few weeks ago when they just completely dominated the entire first half and then fell apart. and And you take a look at a game like the one against Cincinnati where they had you know opportunity after opportunity, but Jameis kept turning it over in the red zone, but Fitzpatrick almost brought them back. and And all these where it's it's one play here, it's one play there, and this could be a a 10 win team at this point in time. It's just, you know, that's, that's been the story of of the Buccaneers. So I would say heading into week 17, it doesn't matter if, if the players go out as fired up as, as they were for week one, or if they come out very meh, it's, it's going to be another one of those things where we haven't seen the discipline all season long. We didn't see the discipline last year, the year before. I don't expect anything to change between the Dallas game and in this game as to the holding penalties stopping or the illegal blocks in the back or the miscues on, on offense or the missed tackles on defense, or, you know, I certainly don't expect Brent Grimes to show up to play. I mean, he's going to, whoever he's on is going to be the top fantasy performer of the week because he just does not care. He shows up to collect his paycheck and that's it. So yeah, I, I have very little confidence in this Bucks team heading into week 17, but I have a lot of confidence in the talent on the roster moving forward if they can make the right coaching hire, which is something that they just flat out have not done in the past 10 years. Yeah, it is interesting to sort of um, look at that perspective where, you you know, you could see this Bucks team have a relatively quick turnaround uh, next season if they get the right person in place. We saw the highs of, of this Bucks team early in the season when, the, you know, they were basically the, the league's most dangerous offense uh, seemingly for that first month of the year. And so that potential, you know, that roster is still going to be mostly intact and, and one would expect them to improve upon that roster in the off season. Um, and, and, you know, it's not as if they have untalented players on the defensive side of the ball. They just got to get those guys, um, you know, playing better uh, than they were under Mike Smith, uh, which Falcon fans, I'm sure, you know, isn't necessarily the tallest order to uh, <laughs> achieve. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this Bucks team has a bright future ahead of it, um, or at least could have a bright future ahead of it. It, it seems like there's been many, many years over the last decade plus 
where they have had the, on paper a playoff capable team and you've seen you know some of the highs during the course of those seasons where they've looked like that team but they just never seem to be able to put it together so it's a little hard to buy too much stock on the box until you see it um but it's certainly this is a team that i think you know Bucks fans can at least be a little bit more optimistic that once this season is over, at least, you know, hope springs eternal that things will turn around for them in 2019 and beyond. Yeah, I've I've said a few times that I feel it's only fitting that after they lost to the Falcons uh, earlier in the season, Mike Smith was relieved of his duties as defensive coordinator only to turn around and and have Dirk Cutter relieved of his duties after they more than likely lose to the Falcons at the end of the season. Um, yeah, it's uh, poetic justice, I guess, would, would be the best way to put it. Um, but you you take a look at a Falcons team as as you know you you touched on and and we've kind of seen has yeah. has overcome some of these injuries and really started to come together and play better this second half of the season and. You know, the the initial injury report was released uh, on Wednesday and, and we saw that Julio Jones and Tevin Coleman were both, uh, you know, held out of practice for for various injuries. Is there any fear that either of those guys are, are going to miss this game? Is it just kind of a, a rest them up day and, and make sure they're healthy for the for the final game? I think there uh, I think there is a legitimate concern about Tevin Coleman. Um, just because he's not necessarily known to um, miss too much time. And, and so if he's not practicing, that probably means that there's a legit concern there. Uh, I think with Julio Jones last week, he, he basically didn't practice and then still played and, and still played reasonably well against Carolina. And this has sort of been a common thing with Julio Jones over the years where there are, you know, he, he deals with these injuries throughout the week, misses a lot of practice time during the week, but then manages to, you know, suit up on Sunday and play. Um, and, and sometimes there have been times where he has played when he really had no business playing. It was very clear when you go back and watch the film that he was very injured, but because so much of the Falcons offense revolves around having Julio Jones on the field and then, you know, how that forces defenses to have to match up against them and, and changes the way that they play the Falcons that, even when he's in sort of in that decoy mode, he's he's going to usually wind up playing. So I'm not too concerned about Julio Jones playing. If he played last week against Dallas, I mean, against Carolina, um, then he'll probably play this week against Tampa Bay. Tevin Coleman is, is a little bit more of a concern. Um, but the, fortunately, the Falcons, you know, had a 100-yard performance uh, from their backup, Brian Hill, uh, after losing Ido Smith, their rookie draft pick, to uh, IR Earlier this week, uh, Hill broke off a couple of long runs, had some mistakes, had some mental errors in that Carolina game. But I think for the Falcons, at least, you know, even if Coleman doesn't play, this will be a a good opportunity for the Falcons to get a longer look at Brian Hill to see sort of what his future holds uh, and potentially being a key backup for the team uh, in 2019 and beyond. So if Coleman doesn't play, then I I don't think the Falcons are going to be, you know, too troubled by that, particularly given that their running game hasn't been very good this season, even when Coleman has been in the lineup. So uh, that's not going to be necessarily where their bread is buttered offensively. It's going to be that passing game. So having a a, a relatively healthy Julio Jones out there uh, is, is going to be more important, more impactful. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I remember Brian Hill from David and I talking about him when he was coming out of the draft and, and we both liked him as kind of a day three, you know, flyer kind of prospect. So, you know, the, the Bucks run defense hasn't been great, but you've seen, you know, over the past couple of weeks, Vita Vea has gotten just better and better and better uh, to the point that, you know, when, when they played Baltimore, when Vea was on the field, the Ravens were averaging two yards less per carry than they were when he was off the field. And of course they ran it 49 times for about 700 miles. Um, but he is starting to to have that impact in the run game, which was one of the things that they wanted to focus on. And he's really starting to come along as far as being able to, to bull rush and overpower opposing offensive linemen and, and get pressure on the quarterback. But I agree completely. This this game is going to be very pass heavy for the Falcons offense, you know, especially with the weapons that they have in, in Julio and Ridley and Mohamed Sanu's coming off of an incredible game. Austin Hooper is one of those guys that he'll either get you no catches or he'll be the leading receiver. There's there's no in between with him, but he is a, a weapon that can be utilized, especially against a depleted linebacking core for the Buccaneers. You know, they still have Levante out there, but the rest of the guys, you know, Riley Bulla and, and Devontae Bond and, and Adarius Taylor, these are these are second stringers. These are practice squad guys that got called up when Quan and Sitchi went down. Um, so you you know, you you kind of have to pick your poison, which which offensive weapon, which receiving target is going to be the one to go off. And and as I kind of mentioned, it's uh, to me, it's going to be whoever Brent Grimes is guarding. And the guy gave a five yard cushion to Gallup in in the end zone for no apparent reason. Just kind of let him jump up and and score a touchdown. He couldn't get off the field fast enough. Um, but you know the the Falcons passing offense is something that always worries me. And with this Bucks secondary, even though they are playing much better under Mark Duffner, the defense as a whole is playing much better under Mark Duffner. It still doesn't give me too much confidence that they're going to be able to slow down Ryan and Julio and and Sanu and, and Calvin Ridley. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Grimes, and and you're right. Watching that game, he he seemed to be pretty checked out um, in that game with some of the plays he gave up to Gallup. And I imagine the Falcons will try to find ways to exploit that if that continues into this week. And, you know, you mentioned Vita Vea. That was one of the things I noticed in that Cowboys game, sort of because I had been hearing from other people surrounding the Bucks that Vea had been a, a pretty big disappointment so far this season. And sort of to see him emerge against, you know, a Cowboys offensive line that quite isn't up to par that its normal standards are, uh, given some of the injuries they've had there. But you know, given the Falcons are sort of dealing with backup caliber guards as well, uh, that gives me a little bit of pause. Wes Schweitzer is another player that has, you know, missed some practice time this week with a back issue. The Falcons are already down to basically their third string right guard with Zane Beatles um, after injuries to Brandon Fusco and, and sort of Ben Garland getting benched a little bit. So if Schweitzer's out and Garland's forced back into the lineup and and Beatles is there, um, and, and if Vea can sort of just purely overpower those guys like he, he did against guys like, you know, Xavier, Suofilo, and, and whoever else the Cowboys have on their interior offensive line now, um, that could be very problematic for the Falcons because getting that interior pressure against Matt Ryan can be pretty effective at sort of disrupting him. And then, of course, you have Gerald McCoy in, in the interior. So that if if if, you know, 
if Bucks fans are still checked into the season and, and still eager to see this team play well, this defense play well, then uh, that may be a way where they can sort of offset maybe some of the issues that they have on the back end if they can sort of control the line of scrimmage and, and get that interior pressure going. All right. Well, Aaron, your Falcons are heading into Raymond James to wrap up the season as one-point favorites. How do you see this game shaking out? I think the Falcons will take care of business. I think like most Falcons-Bucks games, it will be very close. If one team gets off to a lead, then the other team will find a way to come back and make it interesting by the fourth quarter. But I I feel like given the way that the Falcons have played the last couple of games and given the way that the Bucs seem to always find a way to shoot themselves in the foot, as you mentioned, (laughs) I feel like the Falcons will come out favorably in this game probably winning something by a score of like 27 to 24 and uh, Falcon fans will be complaining about how, you know, maybe that knocks the Falcons out of the top 10 in this draft, depending on the rest of uh, Sunday's results. And uh, you know, you can't make anybody happy even when the team is at least playing well in a pretty meaningless uh, game. So um, the, the sort of the troll in me that loves other people's misery uh, which you have to enjoy misery if you're a Falcon fan. Um, it sort of gets a little bit of a kick out of that. Just even when the even when things are going right for the Falcons in one sense, it's going wrong for them in, in the other sense. So uh, Falcons take it in the end. Yeah, I, I totally understand that approach. I you know I'm one of those people that any opportunity I can to use the E to W GIF, I will. And people will sit there and and get mad and say, you know, you need to stop reminding people that this happened. I said, no, you need to embrace it because other teams are going to use it against you. I mean, the NFL on Fox verified Twitter account used it when the Bucs were mathematically eliminated. Embrace it. And then people can't use it to get on your nerves anymore. You have to you have to flip the script on the trolls. But, you know, like I like I mentioned, I, I heard it all last year that, you know, why are you excited about a meaningless win that just cost us four four spots in the draft and I'm one of those people I I don't tell people how to be a fan I personally when it comes to my teams I've I've never rooted for a loss I still remember cheering for for the Bucks to beat the Saints when it could have cost them the number one draft pick I didn't care at that moment in time granted they pulled all their starters and tanked on purpose um, but you know that's just never how I've been all that said um, I don't think that the uh, tank for draft position crowd is going to be too upset on Sunday. I think Jameis will have a good game. I think Mike Evans will have a good game because, you know, he's he's Mike Evans. But I, I think in the end, um, the Falcons are are they're a hot team right now. And they've they're performing up to the level that a lot of people expected them to all season long. They've overcome the injuries. Dan Quinn is one hell of a football coach, and, and I respect the heck out of him. Um, I think it will be close. I, I'm I'm with you there. So I'm going to take the Falcons uh, with that, you know, to to have a push with that plus one. And I will take them to win 31 to 30 uh, to wrap up the season. That would make the Falcons seven and nine. The Bucks would be five and 11, securing yet another last place finish in the NFC South. Yeah, you, know, you think we'd be using? We should start passing out hats. Just to this has to be some sort of record for most consecutive last place division finishes. 
Yeah, yeah. That you know, I think that would be a, a nice lucrative business if you got that started. I mean, granted, they I guess they did have the winning record cutters first year as head coach, so that kind of threw a wrench in things. But besides that, yeah, it's been it's been pretty much last place for the last decade. It's it's very frustrating. But hey, that's what you yeah, that's what we're here for. We're here to help these people cope with the uh failures of our football teams. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Always here to help. All right. Well, Aaron, where can everyone find everything that you're doing uh, regarding your beloved Falcons? Of course, you can find me on the Locked on Falcons podcast. You can find me on Twitter at FalcFans. That's F-A-L-C-F-A-N-S, talking Falcons, uh, making snarky jokes about the Falcons on Sunday because that's the majority of my entertainment is – finding ways to entertain myself during these uh, games. At least, you know, for my sake, the Falcons have been a little bit more entertaining these last couple of weeks. Uh, so it hasn't been as bad as it was a little bit earlier in the season. But uh, that's where you can check me out. And, of course, you can check out uh, any additional writings I have at falcfans.com. All right. And, of course, you can check out everything that I'm doing over at bucksnation.com and on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at jarco underscore Bucks and at Bucks underscore nation. And I'll tell you what, Aaron, I've had a lot of fun these past couple of weeks where I will run polls uh, and have people vote on what gifts I use on game day. I've had Star Wars gifts, The Office, Parks and Rec, Game of Thrones, um, Will Ferrell movies. And my to, to finish out the season, the Bucks Nation fans have voted for me to use Breaking Bad gifts throughout the game and that's a lot of fun to do because i'll sit there and i'll I'll save them all in drafts and there's not a lot of positive breaking bad gifts i've discovered um but there's a lot of them that'll be perfect to use when we inevitably have a costly holding penalty or a turnover or something of the sort so it's a lot of fun to do stuff like that and and let people vote on on what what my topic is going to be to to try to help get everyone through these uh through these games Absolutely. That sounds like fun. I'll definitely be checking that out. Um, All right. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for some of your time. I appreciate you. And and thank you to all of you who are listening. Hope you all had a wonderful, safe, and enjoyable holiday. Enjoy the game on Sunday. The misery is almost over, guys. And I'm talking to Falcons fans and Bucks fans. It's been a rough year for us both. Time to move on to the offseason. Of course, Bucks fans, you have to – you have to stay glued to NFL Network or ESPN or whatever your choice is on on Black Monday to find out when Dirt Cutter uh, more than likely will get the axe. But Aaron and I would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us right here on Crossover Wednesdays. <laughs>